Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Cece. Welcome to Myth and Macabre, where we dive into the worlds of the paranormal, supernatural, and everything creepy in between. In today's episode, we are going to talk about part two of the SK Pierce Mansion, which is going to mostly be the hauntings and the spooky things and the paranormal. If you haven't already listened, go back and listen to part one so you get the history of it before we start talking about the spookiness. And I hope you guys enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back. We are here for the second part of the SK Pierce Mansion episode. We talked about the history in the last episode, so if you did not listen to that episode, you should go back and listen to it because the SK Pierce Mansion has a fun history and probably has a lot of people we're going to be referencing in today's episode. It does. I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is not our normal intro. I may or may not edit this out but i figured let everybody know this is part two yeah i'm excited all right mm-hmm. i think we're good to jump in whenever you are all right so like cc was saying last week we talked about all the history of the mansion and now we're gonna get into all the hauntings of the mansion or the mystery we're going to get <laughs> to the mystery behind the history okay I've been waiting probably all season to actually say that in an episode. I'm excited that we got to say that. (laughs) All right. So last week we ended off with Edward losing his mansion, or it was an inn at the time, to a man named Jay in a poker match gone wrong, I guess. (laughs) He gambled it away. He gambled it away, basically. I still like... Of all the things in your life, I guess maybe it's because I don't have a gambling problem, but I cannot imagine, like, I have this epic mansion that has been in my family for, like, my family's possession for, like, almost a century at that point, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put this up for collateral in my poker game. Like, I I can't even wrap no. my head around it, but... No. That's how it went down. That's how it went down. And then Jay, after he won it, he spent about 20 years trying to fix it up and then eventually abandoned it and moved to Florida. So now we're going to get into the next couple that undertook the task of renovating. I'm assuming these people bought it from Jay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yep. I think I mentioned that in here somewhere, how they got it. So anyway, so it was a couple named Mark and Suzanne. It's V-E-A-U, so I think it's Vo. I don't know. It looks French. I'm not French. I mean, I am, but... That's how I would pronounce it in French, I think. (laughs) Okay. So Mark and Suzanne Vo. This is where all the creepy things started happening, kind of with them. They bought the mansion in 2000. Oh, wow. So what was going on with it? Nothing. It It was just sitting there. So Jay got possession of it in the 60s. 1965. Worked on it for 20 years. That brings us to the mid 80s. And then it just sat vacant till 2000. I couldn't find anything that happened between 85 and 2000. There may have been like another owner in there at some point. Interesting. But But nothing notable happened. Yeah. Like I looked up on, I think it was like realtor.com or something. I tried to find like the, you know, how you can see like the past sales of the house. And I didn't really find anything there. Okay. And I didn't go much further into like city records or anything like that. But they ended up getting the house in 2000, but it was pretty, like, dilapidated and decrepit at this point. So I don't might have know. just It might have just like sat there. Empty. Okay. 
Shortly after moving in, Mark was approached by a man named Bill, and Bill was a frequent patron of the bar at the South Gardner Hotel, which was, like, nearby. It was kind of, like, across the street and, like, down, like, diagonally down the street a little bit. Okay. Um, But it was nearby. So Bill explained that he was sensitive to spirits, and he had frequently seen a woman on the second floor um, in the window beckoning him to come in, like she had something that she wanted to tell him. Now, was this guy, like, the town drunk, or, like, did this seem to have some legitimacy to it? I think he's kind of, like, known around town. I don't know if he's known around town as, like, the town drunk, but he comes in a couple different times in here. Okay. So he seems to be, like, kind of legit. So... He just had this feeling he couldn't, like, enter the abandoned house, obviously, during all this time that, like, nobody was living there because he didn't want to be a trespasser. Good for him. Which, yeah, that makes (laughs) it sound like maybe he's not actually the town drunk. He he actually is a little more legitimate. So when he saw people, you know, moving around in the house and, like, moving their things in, he got really excited. So he had gone and, like, knocked on the door one day and was just like, hey, this might sound crazy, but, like, there's a ghost lady in your house and I needed to talk to her. Interesting. Okay. So Mark was apparently completely unfazed by this stranger just knocking on his door and asking to come in to talk to the ghost lady in the window. So he invited Bill in to talk to the ghost lady in the window. (laughs) I mean, I guess depending on how close to when you're moving in, that's like less weird. Like, I feel like if you had already moved in and like settled in and like had all your stuff unpacked, it would be weird to invite someone in. But I feel like if somebody stopped you like, while you still had like boxes that you were moving in or had just moved in and haven't really unpacked and somebody wants to go poking around your house like it's not like they're gonna see what you own anyway like okay whatever i mean it's still kind of like if someone knocked on my door when i was first moving into my house i'd be like please um go away i mean me too but we're a little (laughs) less social than them (laughs) but i mean still kind of weird but i guess also if you move into like a big mansion that's been there for a century and if you have any kind of belief in ghosts and someone's like, nah, there's a ghost I need to talk to. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's let him in. He seems very trusting. Yeah. So Mark offers Bill a tour around the house. And during this entire tour, Bill is just like being drawn to the second floor. So he eventually just heads up the stairs to the second floor. I mean, I feel like if you were giving someone a tour to the house, you'd get there eventually anyway. Right. But he just, I don't know. I guess he, he like beelines. Wait. He's like, I don't care about your living room or your three kitchens. I would like, there were two. I think there were two. Yeah. He's like, I want to go to the second floor and see my ghost. Yep. So when he gets into the room where he had seen the ghost in the window, the spirit like comes out and is like communicating with him immediately. She identified herself as Maddie Cornwall, the Pierce's nanny that died of the hip issue from episode one was mark there when this is happening like is there like a corroborated oh yeah this definitely happened or is it just the word of oh yeah no mark mark was there it happened oh man because um, i guess he like followed him up the stairs because obviously if you have a stranger roaming around your house like you're gonna follow them 100 <laughs> percent. i mean i wouldn't even let them through the door but yes if i did i would be watching them like a hawk yeah and so during like this conversation that bill was having with maddie he ended up telling mark that the master didn't like the dog running freely through the house. And it later was found out that Sylvester was not a fan of dogs and would not allow them to roam loose in the house. Did they like own a dog? They did own a dog. Oh, okay. So he had a dog, but was like, the dog has to stay in the dog sanctioned spaces. Yeah. So Sylvester did not like the dog running around the house. And apparently like, I think Bill like didn't know that they had had the dog because they had like just moved in and he hadn't seen the dog. There's, there was a thing with the dog where he didn't know they had a dog. Mark has a dog too. Mark has a dog. And Bill is telling Mark 
that Maddie said that Sylvester doesn't like the dog running loose. But Bill didn't know that Mark had a dog when he said this. Okay, that's creepy. Creepy. A little bit. I mean, it's a dog. Maybe he heard it barking. I don't know. Yeah, there are definitely still ways to debunk this, but creepy nonetheless. But still, I mean, like, Mark, like, confirmed it. He was like, oh, like, I don't know how he knew we had a dog. I do like that some of this is coming to light in, like, recent enough times that, like, they feel more... Comfortable, like, talking about it. Well, and, like, more easily corroborated. Like, we're not talking about someone mentioning something they heard a ghost say in 1890. We're talking about something in in our lifetime. Yeah, ghosts didn't come out till like, the... Late 90s, early 2000s. Love it. <laughs> so, so we got recent ghosts. So Mark and Suzanne eventually opened their home for like tours and paranormal investigations. They, I guess, just had a large number of people that once they were in it wanted to see it because they had heard all the, the haunted rumors and ghostly things. Now, but when they purchased it, it wasn't like the haunted S.K. Pierce mansion. It Not... Like, it sounds like it maybe had, like, a local... Yeah, I think it was, like, a local legendy kind of thing. Like, oh, there's that abandoned house that might be haunted by these ghosts. But, yeah, it's not like when we talked about the Conjuring house where, like, the person who bought it now bought it knowing they were going to, like, make it a hot spot. Yeah, so, like, they didn't know what they were getting into when they bought it. They seemed to have a very active house, and the patrons and investigators rarely left disappointed. Like... Pretty much everybody that went there for a tour got to see something. Cool. Which is great. So when are we taking our tour? Um, Soon. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I don't know if I want to drive to Gardner in the winter, though, so maybe not soon. Okay. Uh, anyway. So unfortunately, their lives in this haunted mansion wouldn't work out, you know, for them. And Mark and Suzanne divorced in 2006. So they each went their separate ways, and they listed the house you know, as divorce and couples do. So no, yeah, no one kept the house. No one kept the house. But it sat vacant and on the market for two years. <laughs> wow. I wonder if it was just because it's really expensive. I feel like a house that big can't be cheap. I, I mean, it depends on the condition of the house. Like I was looking at the things that it was listed for and it actually didn't look that unreasonable for the amount of rooms it has. But it sounded like maybe it needed a lot of work. Like, but yeah, it needed work. I feel like if it had already been established as like, here's a place where we give ghost tours, you might have been able to find a buyer relatively quickly. But yeah. So it sat there for two years. And in 2008, Edwin and Lillian Gonzalez would go and view the home as like a prospective new property for themselves. They were trying to get out of their Dorchester apartment. For Lillian, when she walked in the house, it was love at first sight. She had to have the house i believe it i love i would not want to have to do the upkeep on an old house but i love them i could totally see walking in and being like if we can afford this this is it yep edwin on the other hand was not sold on this house he was like honey i know you love it but like maybe let's look at something else because <laughs> i don't love it okay i mean i could also see as a person potentially about to own it being like no thanks this is a lot yeah so they end up going for a second visit of the house, and then Edwin, see, Edwin sees how happy Lillian is when she walks in the house, and he just, like, can't say no to his wife. Like, Aww, it makes her like, happy. kind of sweet. It is kind of sweet. It's like, it makes her happy. If she's happy, I'm happy. I guess we're buying this dilapidated mansion and fixing it up. <laughs> so. All right. Unfortunately, though, for them, their initial happiness of standing in the great foyer of their new home would soon become a terrifying nightmare. <laughs> of hauntings and possessions and actual nightmares 
Oh, man. Okay. Fun. I'm excited. Same. So the the ghostly things started innocently enough. The couple would find, like, small things out of place, like, seemingly having been moved when they weren't home. The home alarm would the home alarm would beep with no provocation. The doorbell would ring, which was strange because it was jammed and did not work properly, but yet was still ringing. And was it just the two of them in the house? It was just the two of them. They didn't have any kids. Well, it was the two of them and their two dogs, who Sylvester didn't like. Okay, but we'll get there. But like, they don't have like but a they don't kid have kids who's like or... playing with the broken doorbell. Or... Right. Okay. We're also gonna get there. Nonetheless, they would go to answer the door, knowing that their doorbell was broken but still ringing, um, and they would find nobody at the door. Their TVs would turn on and off, even when no one was in the room. They had, like, a piano on the first floor that would just randomly start playing ominous notes. Like, when Edwin was out and Lillian would be on, like, the second or third floor of the house, she would just, like, hear it on the first floor going off by itself. I'm assuming they didn't have any kind of staff or, like... No, it was just ...household management. It's just the two of them. That's creepy. Yeah. So shortly after moving in, Lillian was doing some work in, like, the main kitchen... And she had placed some wallpaper scraps on the counter. And then when she left the room to, like, go do something, and then she came back to whatever she was doing in the kitchen, she found the the scraps of wallpaper just, like, scattered across the kitchen floor. So she went and she put them back on the counter. I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe the wind, like, blew it or something. That would have been my first thought. So then... Honestly, that would have been my first thought, even if it was a room, like, without windows. Like, I would have just, like, obviously... It was obviously the wind. It was the wind. Because, <laughs> you know, it's not ghosts. So, you know, she's, like, walking in and out of the room doing things. And every time she walks back into the kitchen, these scraps of wallpaper are just, like, strewn about the floor. And they're they're not where she left them on the counter. So, assumedly, whatever ghost is in this room is, like, um, your wallpaper choices are not great. I, I think she was taking the wallpaper down and they were like the scraps that like oh 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 okay I was thinking I like sample scraps like it could have been sample scraps way. I don't know in my head I assumed she was taking it down but then she'd be throwing it away and not just placing it on the counter but anyway either way <laughs> things are moving <laughs> things are moving so eventually she you know gets sick of all of the wallpaper scraps just being strewn about and thrown on the floor so she picks them up places them in a bowl on the counter so now they're in a bowl so if it's like just a wind which it's winter in New England, and she does not have the windows open, so I don't know why she thought it was the wind. Drafty old house, it's obviously. A, obviously, it's a drafty old house. So she puts them in a bowl so that, like, the wind or whatever it is won't knock them over. She went out to go, like, run some errands or something, I think, and when she got back home, the wallpaper scraps were on the floor again. <laughs> Do we know if the bowl appeared to be moved? I think the bowl was on the floor with them. Oh, I think I remember reading. Okay. Yep. So... Yeah, they bought this house in November. So again, it's like winter in New England. They don't have their windows open. They're definitely not leaving the windows open when they're not home. Yeah. Um, And I'm pretty sure it still had like fairly original heating systems. And I don't know if you remember my old house with like radiator heating. It was god awful. Yeah, it's not going to be like a forced (laughs) hot air where there's really any breeze. Certainly not enough to knock a bowl. Right. And certainly not enough to knock something over multiple times. Do they live anywhere near train tracks? I don't know. That is totally just a long <laughs> shot, but I was like, maybe vibrations from a train, like my cousin Vinny style. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But that was just speculation, not a fact. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't actually know if it's near train tracks. When we go for a visit, we'll find out. All right. I look forward to it. So during Christmas time of that year, it's their first year in the house. They're all excited to decorate like their new mansion-y big house. They had an ornamental display that was on one of the mantles. 
and there was this one specific ornament that would continuously end up in the middle of the floor in the living room but I not like it was, broken no it, it would just like be not like somebody like threw it on the floor and it broke yeah and like i don't know if it was like a plastic ornament or like a ceramic one like i don't know what kind of ornament it was but it was one specific ornament and it would always end up in the middle of the living room floor off the mantle how creepy <laughs> so weird so edwin and lillian would put it back where it belonged on the mantle time and time again and every time they would come back in the room they would find this ornament on the floor so so I have like a humongous fear of home invasions mm-hmm. and pretty much everything you've said, if I lived in that house, I would be perpetually walking around with a baseball bat. Right. Because your first thought isn't, oh, while there's I, a ghost Yeah. Here. Like my first thought my while shit. I'm upstairs and hear a note get played on my piano <laughs> is like someone just broke in and was like, huh, weird old piano and couldn't resist touching it. Right. Like how well is that Tuttle blocked? <laughs> Yeah, that would, right? Oh my gosh. Like, I'm so shocked at like how patient somebody can be when weird stuff starts happening in their house because I would not be all right. This couple, they went through it. (laughs) Oh man. Just tell you. So yeah, so for that Christmas, they invited their family over. They were all like congregating in the kitchen area. And at the same time, all of them kind of like heard this noise and like moved in the direction of the noise and what they saw was a metal plant stand, like, with a plant in it. And it was just moving across the floor. Like, they described it as skipping across the floor. Just this metal plant Oh, my stand. gosh. So, two things. <laughs> One, if I was in a house and a weird noise happened, I would not be moving toward it. I am not the let's go investigate the weird noise person. And also, so multiple people saw this happen? Yeah, I think they had, like, both sides of their family there. Like, for that, like they were hosting the ho- Christmas holiday, like, in their new house because it was large enough to fit everybody. So I have to say, as someone who is typically skeptical of hauntings and things like this, something that's really interesting to me is the fact that, like, usually when you hear about a haunting, it's like, well, I was all alone in the hallway Mm -hmm. and I heard this sound and there's like nothing to verify it because the person was all alone. But we have like multiple instances of multiple Mm -hmm. people seeing the same thing. Yeah. That's nuts. Mm -hmm. That's really creepy. It is creepy. And then as soon as it all began skipping across the floor, it kind of just stopped and like that was it. It was done. It didn't move anymore. Whatever ghost is here is really into bringing things into the middle of the room. <laughs> Just leaving them there. Like, no, I don't like that over there. Put it in the middle. No, I don't like that over there. It goes in the middle. <laughs> Just in the middle. Everything goes in the middle. <laughs> we don't decorate around here. It goes in the middle. <laughs> it goes in the middle. <laughs> so after a little while of all of this weirdness happening, um, Edwin and Lillian decide that they're going to open their home to paranormal investigators and like curious people that are looking for a tour. And the spirits in the house were not a fan of that. <laughs> oh, they're like, no, we'd like to just haunt the two of you. Right. We would like to just live here in peace. Thank you. Please don't but bring other people into this. This isn't the first time that the house has been open to ghost tours either. It sounds like this right. was a thing prior as well. Yeah. Like the, the Vauf couple, they didn't really go into like the things that happen too often. They kind of just said that it was like people weren't disappointed. So I feel like... If they're kind of doing the same thing and like having people come in, like maybe this is why the people weren't disappointed previously because like yeah. they were upset and didn't want them there and they okay. just weren't conscious enough to notice that the spirits were upset. Yeah, no, it seems like it, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, they become more and more upset. Spirits aren't happy with this. In the beginning of their time at the house, Edwin and Lillian were not able to sleep in the master bedroom because it needed some work. So they were sleeping in what is known as the red room. I've seen enough horror movies to know you do not stay in a room that you call the red room. Also, the master bedroom is the same master bedroom where I know was lit on fire with the mattress, right? Yes. Okay. Carry on. Also, the master bedroom, you can like smell smoke in there. Like it's weird. People like will walk in there and be like, ooh, it smells like something's on fire and then it'll just go away. That's creepy. I would definitely not want to sleep in that room now. No. But yeah, so they're working on the master bedroom, staying in the red room. They had two small dogs. They were Maltese's. And I don't know if you know much about dogs, but what I came to learn through researching this was that Maltese's are like little tiny, what I would assume would be yippy dogs. They're like little <laughs> white, like kind of long haired dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, they're like small little like yippy kind of thing. So like they bark a lot. Yeah. And make a lot of noise, but they don't growl. They're not like a growling kind of dog. Yes. They're not like a big, like angry, guttural growl dog. They're just like yippy barks. Yes. So when Edwin and Lillian would head up to the red room to go to bed, the dogs would not climb the stairs with them. They would just sit at the bottom of the stairs. And these dogs did have the ability to climb. And they had the ability to climb stairs and like they had slept in the room with I know what Maltese look like. I just like in my head had a moment where I was like, are they too small to climb the stairs? No. Okay. (laughs) No, they can't. And like, I guess at their previous apartment, like they had slept in the room with them. Like this was a thing. They all go to bed together. Okay. They would try, like, coaxing the dogs up the stairs with treats, and they would just want nothing to do with it. Eventually, they would get the dogs upstairs, I don't know, with by carrying them, or just eventually the dogs were just like, whatever, I'm just going to deal with it, and just go up the stairs. But they would spend most of the night staring into the hallway, so, like, sitting at the door of the red room and facing the hallway, and just growl at the empty hallway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So. That's, especially, like, I mean, you know your own dog, right? Like, if... If your dog doesn't normally do that and is all of a sudden acting super weird, like, I don't know, pets, pets seem to pick up on stuff. They know. They know things. (laughs) Thank you. I was going to say that, but I was like, that sounds weird. No, they know things. And then also the other strange thing from the Red Room is that when Lillian and Edwin would wake up in the morning, they would find their blankets on the floor, which this was not a common occurrence for them. Like back in Dorchester, they wouldn't kick their blankets onto the floor as they slept as some people do okay this seemed to only happen when they were sleeping in the red room interesting okay yeah that like has some paranormal activity vibes a little bit something's coming and pulling the sheets off you in the middle of the night creepiness don't like it not a fan (laughs) yeah no i mean ultimately anything happening that is out of the ordinary if i were living someplace i would also not be enjoying no Especially when I'm sleeping, because, like, I'm not awake for it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, things happening when I'm, like, sleeping totally creep me out. Mm -hmm. The entire world needs to be exactly as it was when I fell asleep, other than the placement of the sun (laughs) in the sky, or I'm not okay. But no, thank you. So one day, Edwin's out in the backyard talking to one of the neighbors, and the conversation, you know, started off, like, innocent enough. Like, where do you work? Where'd you move from? What brings you here? How do you like it? Blah, 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 blah. And then eventually the neighbor asks Edwin about him and Lillian's son. And Edwin looks at him like he has 10 heads because they don't have a son. 
But this neighbor thinks they do. But this do. neighbor is certain mm, that they do. That's, I don't like that. Um, Unless this neighbor is like a psychic and is like, your wife's pregnant, but this feels like it's no. going to be like, a, I've seen your son around. Yes. What do you mean you don't have one? Ugh. So the neighbor was really confused when Edwin was like, what do you mean we don't have children? And he insisted that he was constantly seeing a young, yellow-haired boy running through the house. And apparently Wait, so this, yellow-haired. this neighbor is seeing someone run through the house. So it's not even like, there's a neighborhood boy that likes to hang out in your backyard. Oh, I thought it was yours. No, it's a yellow-haired boy, which comes back again. So I just, I thought it was important. Okay. Running through the house. That's creepy. Yep. So then at some other point in time, there's a family that moves into the neighborhood after Edwin and Lillian. And this was like... I think it was like a mom and dad and like a young boy and the mom and the young boy would take walks around the neighborhood and the young boy would like become transfixed on this mansion. Like as they passed it, he would just like stop and stare at it and he would just say, I want to go play with the little boy. I want to go play with the little boy. That's so and his mom creepy. was like, I don't see a little boy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So we have an adult <clears throat> that is not seeing some ghost. Okay. Yes. That feels good. So the mom one day, they're going for their walk and the son is like stopping and is like, I want to play with the little boy. So the mom's like, you know what? We're just, we're going to see if we can play with the little boy. So she goes and she like knocks on the door and Edwin and Lillian like come and answer the door and invite them in. And then the mother is like, hey, I want to set up a play date. Like my boy sees your boy in the window and like wants to play with him can we set up a play date for like the two kids to get together? And then Edwin and Lillian have to explain again, no, we don't have children. And now Edwin's <clears throat> probably like, why does everybody think I have a kid? Right. Strangeness. So when they're invited into the house, Edwin asks the little boy to describe like his new friend, like the boy that he wants to play with. And the boy tells Edwin that he sees the boy in the window. He wears the same clothes every day. He has yellow hair. I don't know so why. Same spirit boy. Don't know why we're not describing this child as blonde. We're always describing him with yellow hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird one. I get. I have no explanation for that. And that the little boy wanted him to come roll, play with him, and roll a ball up and down the hallway, the hallway upstairs. I don't know how you get that from. I saw a boy in the window, but I don't know. Okay, so creepy. <laughs> Anyway, pets so, and kids, right. all creepy pets things. and kids, very creepy. So the little boy like goes upstairs on like this tour that Edwin and Lillian are giving the mother and son. And so then like the little boy is up there and he was like, this is the hallway he wants me to play in. Like he wants me to roll a ball back and forth in the hallway with him. And it's just creepy. So anyway, they I was eventually, waiting like, for you to say like a ball like rolled out of a doorway. I no, but I did. I didn't put it in my notes, but I did read something about like there is a ball that will roll. Like, if you leave a ball in the hallway, it will roll. Interesting. Like, when you're not there. So it's not like you put it down and, like, the house is tilted and it rolls immediately. Like, if you put it down and walk away, like, it will be moved when you go back. That's creepy. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I forgot to write that down, but you, I just remembered when you said that. So, yeah, that is a thing with the ball in the hallway. So they eventually, they get this, you know, mother and son out. They're like, I'm really sorry. We don't have a boy. Like, apparently there's a ghost boy at our house because you're not the first people to tell us this. And the family 
well, the mother and son, they would like continue doing their walks through the neighborhood and they would walk by the mansion and the boy would like always stop and look in the window for the yellow haired boy. Like he was just obsessed with this mansion and would not like. Did he ever see him again? I think he was still seeing him. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not like a, he went in, went to the hallway and never saw him again. Yeah. But he was just like obsessed with this mansion. Like he would fixate on nothing else. Like, I guess prior to moving to the neighborhood, he was like a happy, you know, little boy that would go out and play with his friends and he would, you know, do sports and ride his bike and all these other things. And now he just like lived for their daily walks when he could just go sit and stare at the mansion. So like, and what do you do as a mom at that point? Like, well, what she did was she moved uh, her family out of the neighborhood because she was like, no, nah, we're not doing this. Wow. It was like that much of a thing that she moved. That's nuts. Yeah. She, I, she thought there was something like not right about her son's obsession with the mansion and just thought it was best to take him away. Oh my gosh. Altogether. Okay. So they moved. It's weird mansions affecting people on the outside too that's kind of the thing that strikes like strikes me as really odd is it's not even the people that live there yeah i mean they get enough of it but other people are getting it too so one morning lillian woke up early and she headed to the basement i don't want to go there i don't want to go there either it's creepy down there um and there's like a tunnel that now i would be concerned may or may not be as closed off as i would like it to be there are more concerning things down in the basement we're gonna get there right now oh my god (laughs) okay so edwin wakes up like an hour or so after you know lillian and he thought it was odd that she wasn't like still in bed because i don't know i guess that was the thing like she would stay in bed till a certain point in the morning i guess sure i mean my husband wakes up a half hour before me most mornings like okay so you know he was like expecting her to still be there he went through the house looking for her and couldn't find her in like any of the usual spots that she would hang out in the house so he was just like oh she probably went for a walk or got up early to run an errand no big deal Um, i think at the time he was like working from home or like semi working from home so he like went to go do whatever and a couple hours later he realizes that Lillian's still not home so he was like where did she go I don't know why he didn't call it like I don't know if they didn't have cell phones this is like 2009 10 ish so like cell phones are a thing but not everyone had them okay so he goes and he looks in the driveway and he sees that her car's there so he's just like, now like that well I guess if he thought she went for like a run or something maybe she didn't have her car yeah but okay that's Yep. Yeah. But like it's been a couple hours and like he hasn't heard anything. So he's like, okay, this is weird. Like, did she run an errand? So he looks outside, sees her car. Like, obviously she didn't run an errand and she's not going to be running for two hours or walking or whatever she was doing. So he's like, okay, I'm going to like go look through this house a little more thoroughly. So he starts looking around and he eventually finds Lillian in the basement and she's digging in a dirt pile near the old furnace. So I'm assuming at this point then it's like a... Like a dirt floor basement. Yeah, at least the part that she was in. Like, I don't know when Edward was living there, like, way back if when. If some of it if might be finished, finished it was finished. some of it's not. Okay. But near the furnace, there's a dirt pile, and she's digging in the dirt pile near the furnace. Which, just, like, <laughs> visions of, like, I don't even know, like, Gollum or something from, like, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, like, why is she digging in the dirt? My like, gosh. and she's been down there for hours. Yes. Like, that's really... I would not want to come across my spouse doing that. No. So he's obviously concerned about even what like she's in doing. a not even if she was just like yeah like I don't know I saw that our furnace was I don't know had some problems so I started digging to try and fix it like I don't know I just feel like it'd be very disturbing to come across this scene right 
And, like, if there was something wrong with your furnace, you would, like, consult with your spouse? You would think. I mean, I would. I wouldn't touch my furnace, but. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about furnaces as I evidently am not the one who touches mine. I called but... my father-in-law because our furnace broke, and we immediately called my father-in-law, and he just came and replaced Yeah, it, like, so I, it I wouldn't touch it, but I guess I could see finding something in the house that I got involved in. But, like, t- two hours to not, like. Yeah. Well, it was okay. like three because she got up like an hour-ish before him. Yeah, that's that's a bit much. Anyway, I'm anyway. <laughs> nervous about where the story is going, so, so I'm rambling. And you should be. <laughs> so he's concerned and he's like, hey, Lillian, like, what are you doing? You're digging in the dirt. <laughs> and she snapped at him and was like, go away. What? Yeah, she just like snapped at him. She's like, leave me alone. I want to dig in peace. So he's confused and concerned, but he's like, um, okay, sure. I guess I'll leave you to like dig in peace. That's fine. (laughs) So then a little while later, she comes back upstairs and she's got this thing in her hand that she found in the dirt. And she's like completely changed. She's back to herself again. She's happy. She's not like screaming at her husband to leave her alone and dig in the dirt. And she goes up to Edwin and she goes, this is why I had to dig. And she shows him what she uncovered. I'm so nervous. <laughs> and it's a it's a fragment of a bone. <laughs> I had a feeling. I didn't think it was a fragment, but I knew there was going to be a bone. It's a fragment of a bone. And they had it, they eventually had it like tested. And it was determined to be a piece of human pelvis. So now we Ew. got human bones in the basement. <laughs> but whose are they? I don't think we ever found out. I don't I don't know whose they were. Do we know of anyone who died in the basement? I think that Edwin possibly I mean not Edwin, Edward possibly died in the basement, but I don't I don't think they left <laughs> Edward in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was like the eighties. He was like probably taken out. <clears throat> were any of like like the first wife wasn't like buried in the basement, was she? No, like you can find all their graveyards on like findagrave.com because yes, I did that too. <laughs> interesting okay so i guess my question yeah was just more like i don't know i have no idea how burials worked in the 1800s and if they were any different than today but i guess if your wife died in this beautiful mansion in my head for a split second maybe they buried her in the basement okay that's creepy like here's a human pelvis that i oh uh, Uh, yeah that i I felt like possessed to to find dig up and like i don't know if they ever found any like additional bones like i don't think they did well it sounds like she had to dig down a ways to find it like it wasn't like weird just sitting on the floor by the furnace yeah so after this that's super creepy i do not want to be woken up feeling compelled to like (laughs) dig dig in my dark basement no thank you that's So the discovery of this human bone prompted, like, the paranormal investigators to, like, ramp up their efforts to get in the house. Like, they're all like, ooh, there's a bone there. Like, we got to go visit. We got to find out who this bone belonged to. So they identified that many spirits were, like, in the mansion and, like, that was their home. Okay. Um, They had the young yellow-haired boy that they identified. Like, not by name, but, like, he is a spirit He's a known spirit, yeah. Um, There was a crying woman believed that it could have been either the yellow-haired boy's mother or Bessie, who was Edward's wife and, like, Rachel's mom. And, like, if she lost her daughter, like, maybe she'd be crying. Do they know of any young boys dying on the property? Not that I could find. Okay. There was another young child in the basement that was asking people to come play. Children are all about people coming to play with them. Yes, That's like, please creepy. Come play. It's like a Stephen King, like, come play with come us. Come play with us. Ew. Creepy. No. They identified one of the spirits as Maddie Cornwall, who was the nanny. Which is the guy that showed up when the first couple moved in. Yes. Talked to. Yep. 
There was a cranky old man in the basement that they think may be Edward. <clears throat> There's a prostitute in the red room, so the room that Edwin and Lillian were sleeping in when they first moved in. But not the room that the dogs were freaking out about, because the dogs were freaking out toward the hallway. They were in the red room, but sitting, freaking out at the hallway. Yeah. Um, so evidently the prostitute spirit was not that concerning. No, she just wanted to, like, rip their blankets off them while they slept. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess as far as nefarious things that spirits could do, that's not the worst. Yeah. And then also her possible murderer, who is a man that they've only been able to identify as David, is also in the red room with the prostitute, whose name we don't know. That's more terrifying. A little bit. Sylvester himself is living in the, or his spirit is living in the house, and there's like a whole bunch of others. Can um, I tell you, by the way, yeah. I am so excited <laughs> that we have finally gotten to an episode where we're like, here's this thing that's been haunted. We have confirmed multiple sightings of at least a few of these creepy goings on, and we have like names for these people. Like, I am so excited that this is not just, well, we see some orbs and hear some noises. We're like, that's Edward. That's Maddie. This is the kid. Like, I know. I'm so I love it. glad we finally found one because I feel like it's much harder to find than you would think it was. I know. I was like really disappointed when we started this and then I found this one and I just like. And I that went they're off. verified, like, some of them are verified deaths. Like, obviously, we don't know maybe about the child, but like. Edward died in the house. Maddie, even if she didn't die in the house, like, like she felt she like it was worked her there. She was a person yeah. that was associated with the house. Like I think she's like often referred to as like the protector of the house. Like she still feels like she needs to protect like the child spirits of the house. How cool um, and creepy and creepy. Yes, there was a few mediums or psychics or paranormal investigators that came in, and they also said that the basement had a bunch of dark entities. One of them even said there was a portal in the basement that allowed evil spirits in. That was weird. My iPad just went and glitched. That is weird. No, like, you know, scary movies where, like, it just, <laughs> it gets all the lines. I was mostly just excited that there that. was a portal. I know how you feel about portals. I love portals. Not so much with evil spirits, but that's fine. So was there any, like, so I'm sure there were probably other deaths there if they were running, like, quote, unquote, women of the night in the house. But were there maybe any reports about nefarious going on with like the gambling and the poker games or? Not that I could find. Okay. I don't know like how much he was broadcasting it or if it was just kind of like a, if you're here, we'll talk about it kind of thing. Okay. But yeah, so like. Like I was trying to wonder if there was like somebody cheated at poker and got like taken out in the basement. Like, I mean, possibly, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, my imagination's running wild because this house sounds nuts. It's nuts. So yeah, this medium said that there was like a portal that was allowing evil spirits in, even if they had no connection to the house at all. So it was just like the veil between worlds is thin there and they can get through kind of thing. Okay, I love that less than like, that's Maddie the housekeeper and that's the little boy, but okay, I'll take it. Same. And then during, you know, the time that all this is happening, they appeared on Ghost Hunters. They appeared on Ghost Hunters a couple of times and like a few other like ghost hunting shows. But Ghost Hunters is probably the most well known. One of the hosts of Ghost Hunters is a man named Carl Johnson. And he came in to evaluate the home. I got a fun fact about Carl. It's going to bring us back to The Conjuring. Nice. <laughs> so fun fact about Carl. <laughs> when he was attending Rhode Island College, 
he and his brother Keith got into the paranormal and started like a side business investigating and evaluating homes that people thought, you know, were being haunted by ghosts. And one home they were called to evaluate was on Round Top Road. <laughs> and yes, it was the Perrin family that called them. <laughs> and Carling Like Keith, legit the Perrin family back in like the 60s? Yeah. Like before Norma even lived there. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. First off, I didn't think the people that ran Ghost Hunters were that old. Like, in I my head, they were, like, think five they were when that happened. Um, I was thinking you were going to say, like, one of the families that bought it in, like, the 2000s. No. The Perrin family called them to do an evaluation. They were actually the first people called in to do the evaluation. And Carl and Keith were actually the ones that reached out to Ed and Lorraine Warren to have them take it over. No way. Yes, That's way. nuts. And so roundabout. Yep. <clears throat> Roundhouse Road. <laughs> Roundhouse Road. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Roundhouse. Okay. Carry on. That is that is a very fun fact. Anyway, so that was my fun fact of the episode. <laughs> or one of them, I guess. I have another one. Anywho, back to the story. So with the increased like traffic of the strangers in their house, Edwin and Lillian began to notice that not everyone was being respectful of their things and their privacies. Like people that were coming in the house were not being respectful, like ghost hunters or... Yes. Okay. So like the banisters on their stairs were getting like scratched with people like dragging in equipment and everything. They had this credenza that Lillian like really loved and some of their furniture was showing signs of like mistreatment. They would put like like this credenza, uh, they talked about this credenza a lot, so like she really liked it. It was really upset that it was getting damaged. They ended up putting, like, signs around the home, like, please don't put your materials here. Please don't go in this room. Like, please sure. don't touch this. Well, because they still lived there at the time, right? right? Yeah, so, I mean, it is there. like, yeah, come in and do your, your ghost hunty things, but this is still their house. Yeah. But the people coming in would just, like, disregard their their messages or, like, the notes that they were leaving around. Someone put some of their, like, paranormal investigation equipment, like, on this credenza and it, like, scratched it up really bad. Um, Lillian was really upset about that because there had been a sign there and they took it down and was just like, this is mine now. (laughs) So yeah, so they started getting like really frustrated with that. They found items in their house that were like left by people that were coming in to visit as well. They found a homemade Ouija board. That's creepy. I was wondering, I was like, where are we going with this? Because I mean... It just sounds like it's par for the course for having people in your house. Yeah. But finding a homemade Ouija board in your house is creepy. Yep. Um, they also found that their things had been, like, rifled through. Like, they would notice their drawers were, like, out of order. Ooh, and like yeah, that's not fun. People are going through their things. Also, if you bring a Ouija board in my house, I, um, no thank you. I'm all set with the Ouija boards. <laughs> I really hope this she person closed the She says as though she didn't have one when we were in eighth grade. Listen, I didn't know what Ouija boards were all about. I thought it was a fun thing. I'm really but, glad I didn't open a portal to hell. But yes, <laughs> those days. But yeah, I really hope this person closed out their Ouija board session properly. It doesn't really sound like they did, but that's another story. <laughs> so. so does this lead to them not allowing visitors or kind of what happened from there? So they were still kind of like letting people in the house. I think they were just trying to be a little more conscious of it because there was one night, like, they try to stay up until, like, the paranormal investigators are, like, done with their... They don't want to, like, leave them in the house while they're sleeping. Like, sure. they want to make sure that, like, they're awake and they're watching them to make sure things aren't, like, going missing or... That someone's not going to rob their like, house while they're sleeping. Exactly. Yeah. So one night, they're trying to stay up because they have, like, these people in their house. And they're just so exhausted, they sit on their couch and they fall asleep. So Edwin and Lillian are, like, sleeping on the couch. 
And then Edwin is woken up and he feels like someone's like shaking his shoulder and he hears someone saying, get up. So he's like groggy and he like looks around and he sees Lillian like fast asleep on her side of the couch. So he's like, okay, like whatever I was dreaming, I'm just going to go back to sleep. (laughs) So he starts to get comfortable again. And then he hears like the same voice, but this time it says, go to the door. So Edwin's like, I don't know what this is, but it's telling me to go to the door. So like, I'm just, I'm going to drag myself up. I'm going to go to the door. I mean, it seems like his wife once woke up when she was hearing go to the basement and dig. Right. So, (laughs) so this is the thing that happens. Yeah. So he gets up and he's like walking to the door and he gets to the door just in time to find the paranormal team that was investigating, walking out the front door with a box full of things from the house. Like just robbing them. Just, Just like you're asleep. We're taking stuff. We're just taking this. Oh my gosh. So Edwin's like, um, hey guy, what what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, excuse me, the ghost woke me up and told me you were taking my stuff. <laughs> so the guy that's like holding the box tells him, he's like, oh, I was just going to borrow these. I didn't, I didn't know that you wanted them. Um, no, I, I definitely want the items that are in my house. Right. Thank you. <laughs> like, I would like you not to rob me. Thank you. <laughs> and what ended up being in that box was like Jay Stemmerman, the guy that won the, the house, house in the in poker, poker game. game it was a bunch of his like journals and things and like he was an artist so it was like his paintings and like his journals and like just oh things God. that were left in the house that like were theirs now because they bought the house but like why would i not want that like why would you think that i would not want that because you're trying to cover your butt <laughs> when somebody caught you stealing mm. oh my gosh i was and, wondering like, you were... if you were gonna go somewhere with this story i was like why are we talking yeah. about just like the random stuff in their house yeah oh no, wow right. but like you're borrowing it when I'm sleeping. Were you going to knock on my door and just be like, hey, I borrowed these here. You can have them <laughs> no, back. Like, he, caught, he was no. caught stealing. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. So these, so it seems like these ghosts, like, are kind of looking out for the people that own the house. Like, they... It depends on the ghosts. Some of them oh. are and some of them are not. Okay. And we're going to get to where some of them are not now. Okay, cool. <laughs> so one night close to like the end of the time in the house Lillian had a night and she was insisting that she had to sleep on the couch she was like I'm not going to bed I can't go to bed I don't want to go to bed I'm sleeping on the couch so Edwin was like trying to get her to come to bed like you don't need to sleep on the couch like we have a bed we have a bedroom like come to bed and she just refused I don't know she just I don't know she refused she just would not go to bed so she ends up spending three days on the couch in a semi-comatose state where she's just like, she didn't get up to go to the bathroom. She didn't get up to eat. She didn't get up to like answer the phone. How creepy. She just like, was she like ill in any capacity? No. Just not moving. Oh my gosh. No. That Um, would freak me out. And it wouldn't have gone on for three days in my house. I would have ended up calling 911 well before three days. Well, we're getting there. (laughs) Oh gosh. So so she recalls like while she was in this semi-comatose state on the couch, having like dreams or visions of a woman like taking her to different places around like Gardner, the city that she had never been, but she like, she could see them vividly in her dreams or visions. In current times or like in old like is this like it didn't a really say it was christmas just carol her, ghost like, of christmas no, past kind of thing i don't think it was that it, i think it was current time it didn't really say but like it sounded like it was current times because she okay. was like oh like because then i went to this place and it looked just like this like i hadn't been there before and then i had this vision thing and then i went there and that's what it looked like okay so she would keep like trying to like get out of this dream or this vision or whatever and then the woman would kind of like pull her back in and like wouldn't let her out of her vision 
Okay. So like going on for three creepy. days. And then during this time, mostly at night, Edwin would like go up to the bedroom to go to bed. So during these three days, he's just like going to bed. He's um, just like living normal life. Living like, normal oh my life. gosh, I couldn't do that if my spouse was comatose right? on the couch. And he would see this crying woman like in the master bathroom. And he would just like become entranced with her and he would spend hours at night just watching her cry in the bathroom because that's not creepy no so then he became like overwhelmed with like grief watching this lady cry i mean i'm assuming you can tell that this woman's a ghost yeah right yeah but like he's not at all concerned about like his comatose wife downstairs like it was weird it's a little weird so eventually after three days of this lillian was finally woken i think like a friend came like knocking on their door and i like pulled her out of it but not everything was like back to normal right away so then that night the night that Lillian wakes up Edwin finally gets her to like settle into bed in the bedroom she was still protesting she's like I don't want to be in this bed like get me out of this room I don't want to be here I want to go back to the couch are they back in the master bedroom at this point I think they've moved into the master bedroom at this point I don't think it's the red room anymore because he was seeing the woman in the master bathroom so I'm assuming he was like yeah the woman and it sounded like staying in the red room was temporary it was temporary yeah so I'm pretty sure at this point they're in like the master bedroom so Edwin finally convinces Lillian, like, okay, we're going to go up to bed. Like, we're going to go to sleep. Everything's going to be fine. Like, you do not need to sleep on the couch. So he got her into bed, got her settled in, and she was left alone in the room for, like, five minutes. And then all of a sudden, Edwin, Edwin, not Edward, hears her screaming, like, bloody murder. So he goes running into the room, and she's just yelling, get her off me, get her off me, get her off me. So oh Edwin, like, runs to her and is like, William, there's nobody here. But, like, she's, like, thrashing around and just yelling, like, get her off me. So Lillian eventually, like, asked him to move her because of the invisible woman on top of her. I'm not going to lie. I totally thought you were going to be, like, she started screaming and she thought she was on fire. No. Not that she thought she was being accosted by an invisible woman. She was being accosted by an invisible woman. But yeah, so anyway, after this whole entire thing, Lillian has, like, no recollection of this bedroom incident. Like, Edwin tells it, and she's like, I don't remember any of this. Like, Does I remember she remember being up. comatose? Yeah, because she tells the story about, like, being, having the visions. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay. So, like, she remembers that, and then, like, I think she remembers, like, going to bed, but she doesn't remember this entire scene where she's screaming and yelling and thrashing and... Creeping? Hoping, you know, someone will... <laughs> get this invisible lady off that's yeah that's not good yeah not good sometime after like this whole incident bill the the hotel bar guy from across the street he comes for a visit now he hasn't visited this couple since they moved in he visited the couple before. he visited the couple before i don't know if he like i think he visited with them previously because from the way it sounded it was like they kind of like knew who he was and like okay but sometime after this he comes for a visit but the incident we talked about before was the people that had owned the home before yes when he first talked to maddie and said the master doesn't like okay cool so bill comes for a visit edwin uh edwin is like having a hard time dealing with the fact that he left his wife comatose for like three days oh he feels bad about it that's nice he's like i don't understand why i did that like i have i have no idea why i would just leave her there like that's not like me like i wouldn't just leave my wife there comatose for three days like why would i do that and he's like stressing about it i'm assuming that there's no like mention of there being any like stress in their marriage in terms of like i mean this was like the cause of some stresses but like prior but to they this, didn't they seem didn't to be having problems anything. okay yeah, like, they disagreed on, you know, 
like the paranormal investigator things like Edwin was like yeah let's do it and Lillian was kind of like I don't know if we should have that many people in the house but like it wasn't they weren't like on the verge of divorce okay (laughs) I mean if anything right before they left this house they were on the verge of divorce okay but but it was because of this house carry on (laughs) but yeah so like they're like they were fine as a couple for the most part so you know Edwin's telling all this to Bill he's like this thing happened to Lillian and I just left her there and like I don't know why I did that and so Bill's like calm down it's okay like it's not your fault I know you feel bad and you feel like it's your fault but the crying woman in the bathroom was working with the woman in Lillian's visions to keep you distracted and influence you to stay away from Lillian so that her visions wouldn't be interrupted (laughs) was there any significance to her visions they didn't really go into like like, like here, tour the town doesn't feel like a yeah. nefarious, we need to distract your husband while we do it. So, like, I don't know if it was just kind of, like, a thing that they were doing to, like, scare the couple to get them out of the house. Like, I don't know what the whole thing was about. Interesting. Um, but, like, Bill, Bill said, no, the crying woman was working with the woman in her visions. And, like, you were not supposed to interrupt whatever was happening. Okay. So, and that's why she, like, kept you away from it and made you like influenced you to not think that there was a problem. Okay, creepy. Creepy and weird. So strangely enough, but not really, (laughs) um, this weird possession type thing was like the final straw. Actually, no, wait, I read that wrong. So strangely enough, this weird possession thing was not the final straw for the couple. I'm so, this is, (laughs) to bring it back to the parent family, since evidently they're in the parallel here. (laughs) It's so bizarre to me. Like, I'm living in a house. It's pretty haunted. I'm just going to keep living here. Right. I am like, this is how you get yourself stuck in a horror movie. Exactly. Not get horror movies made about you. This is how you get stuck in one. Yes. And then they make a horror movie about you. (laughs) Well, yes. Which I'm, the whole time you've been talking about this, I'm kind of like, how is there not a movie about this house? I don't get it. Exactly. I'm like, there, why is there not a movie yet? Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Their final straw came on their last Halloween at the house. They were working with some friends to like decorate it and set it up like a haunted house, like attraction kind of thing. And they were advertising it around the community. At first they were like super thrilled to see like how this was going to turn out. And when the time came, the line for people to get into the house was like, down the street and around the corner like it was crazy. oh i'm not there surprised so many like a house that has a reputation for actually being haunted being open on halloween why as a haunted house i like, would yeah. not go near it but why wouldn't you <laughs> but why wouldn't you they ended up giving six straight hours of tours that night it was That's just like non-stop lot. one after the other for six hours it was crazy it turned out way better than they had expected and so they were like super excited about this and then once it was all over they were tired and they were like super grateful for the turnout but eventually they start cleaning up and they found the damage that was left from the night's events. So it came out later that there was a man on one of the tours. He was in a trench coat and I guess he brought some kind of like knife or dowel or something and was carving trenches into their hardwood floors. Oh my God. And he was like, like on purpose. Yeah. Or? And he was just stabbing at the doors and like left marks covered all over the doors and like oh my gosh just like vandalize the place basically vandalizing and being destructive to the property i thought you were gonna say like someone was for like posterity's sake being like "Ooh, i'm gonna take like a sample of wallpaper from the haunted house no he was just destroying he was just destroying it oh that's gross um so that was that was the end of that house for them they were like nope we're not doing this i'm done I mean, I feel like that is kind of the risk you run anytime you let strangers into your home. Like, no one is going to take as nice care of your property as you are. But it really is kind of a shame that, like, 
one of the big reasons. I don't think, like, yeah, things might get damaged, but usually people don't go in there, like, blatantly trying to ban it's really a shame that that's the case because like i know they were the thing with the credenza and like yes if you're having people come in and they're bringing in all kinds of heavy equipment to do stuff yeah things might get scuffed and scratched and things like that but it really stinks that there are just like people coming in and purposely just yeah like digging trenches in your yeah floors. just <laughs> destroying things i was gonna say like i could see if somebody's halloween costume had a sharp edge on the bottom and they didn't realize it so as they were walking through the house it was like leaving you know a trail on the hardwood floor like yeah. but it just yeah it sounds really sad that people just can't respect their property yeah so they move so in late 2011 edwin and lillian pack up what they could and they move into the basement of her sister's new home Okay, that's creepy, but as long as that house isn't haunted. Well, my view on that is that you lived in this mansion for two years. Like, yes, it was haunted and creepy and weird. Things happened, but you had so much space. And now you're living in your sister's basement in Brockton. Oh, so you're living in, like, one room. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For anybody not familiar with Brockton, Brockton is a city outside of Boston. It has not the best reputation and it like most of new england in populated areas you basically live on top of one another it's like house driveway house driveway i can't imagine there's a lot of space in that basement no i I don't again i don't have like floor plans but i it's not a mansion (laughs) no no i think you just went from like lots of bedrooms and multiple kitchens and all that stuff to like two rooms yeah yeah they they stayed you know with her sister until they could find another place on their own because they they still had their place in Dorchester but they had started renting it out to people. Um, okay, so they, they hadn't the sold mansion. it, but they were using it as like right. income. So like they couldn't you know kick the people out and just go back to Dorchester. So like they ended up staying with her until they found somewhere else. I don't know exactly how long they were with her. They went back to the mansion in Gardner only in the daytime, only for brief visits. Always had someone go with them. <laughs> so, like, at this point, they're freaked out by the house, it sounds like. Yeah. And they would only grab, like, a few things at a time, like, things that they left behind and just, like, grab them and go. Okay. I don't really know where they were putting them, but anyway. They abandoned the house in 2011, basically, when they moved out. And they still weren't able to part with it. <laughs> okay. Like, they abandoned it, but, like, kept it. Like, they wouldn't sell it. They didn't put it on the market interesting it was weird you think you would make some money if you sold it so yeah so they maintained the ownership of it and continued paying for it while just letting it sit there empty and abandoned until 2011 i mean 2015 so from 2011 to 2015 so four years sounds Um, very much like at the ending of hill house when he's like no nobody else is gonna live in the house it's just gonna stand there abandoned yeah no once they put it on the market it sold fairly quickly Oh, it was not just surprised. A, this house has like a reputation now. I know it gets better though. Oh so, man, of course it, <laughs> it does. Gets better. But yeah, so like once they they just couldn't bring themselves to put it on the market for like three and a half, four years. So they listed it in April of 2015, and it sold in July. So it sold like really quick. It was purchased by a man named Robert Conti from New Jersey, and as a side job, he owns a traveling haunted circus. <laughs> He sounds like the perfect candidate for purchasing this home. He is. He was stated in like one article that I read where he was interviewed that he had always wanted to run a freestanding haunted house. So like when he saw this, he was like, yes, I will take that. He was like a business opportunity. (laughs) 
So here's his chance. There you go. Yeah. He spent seven years, seven years renovating it. And he like went out and found the perfect staff to hire to like start tours. He like did this intensive like training program with them about like the house's history and the ghosts that are there and everything. And they opened it for their very first tour on September 15th of 2022. I was doing math. I was like, okay, so this is like last year. Yes. This year. Because <laughs> we're what in What year is it? We are in 2022. <laughs> it was literally a month ago. We've got like two weeks left. Yeah. So I'm really bummed that I missed out on this opportunity. To... I'm bummed that I missed out on the purchasing opportunity. <laughs> I was like, that's right around the time when we bought our house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. If only I'd researched this the month earlier, we could have done a visit and then an episode. <laughs> that would be very cool. But, but we can do an like, episode and then a visit. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like they haven't been doing tours for that long anyway. But they haven't. Yeah, it's only it's been a month because it was September 15th and we're, what, October 21st now? <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Yeah. So it just I opened. did say a couple of weeks, like, that's when this episode's airing. There are more than a couple of weeks left in 2023. Yeah. 2022. 2022. I don't even know we're not in 2023. Oh my God. Okay. So yeah. So they've only been open for like a month. That's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. And then I did have another fun fact that I don't have much information on, but I thought it was fun. So okay. I didn't really know where to throw it. So we're just going to throw so it So we're like wrapping end. up. Okay. But the some of the sources that I went through said that the mansion has been certified haunted by six different experts. Interesting. I didn't know you could have a certified haunted location. Well, before you ask me that question, <laughs> I did try to research it. I tried to find who certified it haunted and what criteria you have to meet to be considered certified haunted. And okay. I could not find any of it. All right. But it could be like something like, ghost hunters came in they said yep it's definitely haunted like something like that okay. but i mean to have like six different experts certify it as haunted like i feel like that's a lot like yeah now i want to find other haunted locations and see how many people have like kind of quote unquote certified them yeah. as haunted that's kind of cool i know i like that but that's the story of the haunted mansion built by a wealthy chair manufacturer who filled it with tragedy <laughs> And now you can tour it. <laughs> I mean, that's the story so far. I feel like there's a lot left to this story. I feel like the second half of this story is just beginning. Maybe. I mean, I feel like, especially where it's now open as like a commercial space, as opposed to like a residency, you're probably going to have less people dying in it. So like, you're probably not going to accumulate more ghosts. But I feel no, like... No, but you might piss off the ghosts that are already there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's like... And I have, like, a lot of questions about this pelvis and the basement. So, like, I feel like there might be more might be more to this story than we've gotten to yet. Yeah, like I said, this was a brief overview of everything I went through. This is the longest <laughs> brief overview. <laughs> like, I could continue, but I won't. Wow. Thank you. I knew, A, nothing about this place at all, and B, I'm just... Like I said before, I'm so excited to finally have an episode where we're like, no, we know who these ghosts are. Like, I know. I'm still skeptical of ghosts, but I think of all the things we have talked about this season, this one feels the most concrete to me. Mm-hmm. So very cool. I'm glad that you found this. I love it. All right. Actually, you can thank my mom because she bought me that magazine. <laughs> you can find the magazine in the show notes. Thanks, Jess's mom. <laughs> For everything. 
of the last 30 years. All right, I'm going to click it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's look at the hauntings of the SK Pierce Mansion. And guys, that's a wrap for season one. So if you have listened this far, thank you so much for your support and for listening and being awesome. You guys are great and we love you. Yes. And we hope that you keep listening. Absolutely. We will have some news soon about when we're coming back for season two and all of the goodies that we're going to be bringing to the table then. If you have like a specific region you want us to cover, if you want us to get out of New England, definitely let us know. Um, Absolutely. There's like creepy stuff all over the country. So yeah. I'm sure there's tons of stuff for us to cover. Yep. So you can definitely let us know on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Myth and Macabre. Or if you want to send us an email or if you have your own spooky story you want to share with us, you can shoot us an email at mythandmacabre at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.